Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking Western podcast. We are now in season three. (laughs) And what are we calling this? Just media? I mean, media marketing. Media marketing. There we go. Season three, media and marketing. People that are making a splash in the world that really it's speaking volumes above what we're doing in real life. The social media it's reaching the people that aren't actually there even. Reaching the masses. <laughs> so, I feel like you watched you watched that new documentary and I feel like it sent you down a weird spiral. I'm in a rabbit hole from social, social dilemma. Media. Social dilemma. There yeah. We won't we won't get too far into that. So today, to kick us off, I I can't even think of a of a better guest <laughs> to have for our season opener. All I'm gonna say is he is <laughs> the world's finest rodeo <laughs> photographer the bio that's his instagram bio all. but i also believe it so yeah. we have matt cohen here today matt how are you we're honestly we're nervous <laughs> for this home for a long time now <laughs> <laughs> he's like listen ladies don't flatter yourself i've been stuck at home <laughs> <laughs> i ran out of everyone cool <laughs> relatable yeah it's the only reason i sit here with angela every week well that was rude (laughs) (laughs) so we are talking to matt cohen today we're both huge fans of your photography and in learning more about your story we got even more intrigued because you like us i would say our first generation I wouldn't, I don't know, cowboys, but not because none of us are out there I'm riding the bulls, but first generation cowboy right here. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> but first generation that's um, interested in rodeo. So starting at the very beginning, you have your dad was an amateur photographer. Is that what led you into wanting to be a photographer? Did you have any like formal training? What does your background look like? I have no formal training in photography at all. Um, my dad was a track and cross-country coach and an athletic director at a college. And he was an amateur photographer. He was really serious about it. Like, he's one of these guys who, even though it's not his work, he was always going out and buying whatever new gadget came out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I got to watch him. Yeah, he would, He would be like, out coaching a meet or something and he would have his camera with him and he'd be also shooting it which I was like I couldn't even imagine doing that yeah it just seems weird to me but he did it and so I guess I just from a really early age photography was something that was always around me because of that and as he would get new stuff he would hand me down his old stuff and I would practice um I took I don't know, maybe two semesters of just a dark room and a composition kind of class in college, but I was a political science major, so I was never mm-hmm. serious about any of it. And it wasn't really until the 2000s when digital got to be as good as film, because I just wasn't going to build a dark room. And, but when digital got to be good enough, then I just said, oh, I'm going to get one of these and just shoot a little bit. And I don't know, I uh, was just shooting whatever I could get into shoot at that point I really like sports because that's uh, again my background and I uh, shot bike racing and high school football and things like that and then I just uh, came across a poster for the Grand National Rodeo in 2007 went fell in love with it and just feel like shooting that as much as I can and I still do 
that's pretty amazing to think about. I'm blown away by that. <laughs> Looking no at your training. portfolio and knowing that that all comes out of experience and then your <laughs> dedication and, and learning on the fly. So mm-hmm. we heard you talk about this in, in some of your other interviews and really just about what you have on your website and what you post about. You talk about having a good eye and being able to get, you know, what most photographers think of as the shot. Mm. So can you walk us through what that means? Yeah, so it, it's kind of uh, a nebulous kind of thing, but an eye is is what tells you what you think looks good, right? So it could be it doesn't have to just be photography; it could be anything. Some people like uh, classic American muscle cars, and some people like Porsches, and some people like Maseratis or whatever, and they probably couldn't tell you word for word why they like that car maybe it's like Mm. a gut feeling or a sound that the car makes or something like that or the way the curves that it go or the colors that it come in but people have preferences they have things that they think look cool they have things that they think look you know boring and they would never notice and then they have things that they would react negatively to everybody has their own sets of these kind of things Mm -hmm. and um I, i think that anybody can learn how to operate a camera anybody can learn how to freeze action you know, these, they're not easy. They're not something you can just pick up and do, but they're also not something that you're going to spend 10 years trying to stop action in, in a game. You can you'd be able to do that within a couple of weeks if you are very careful and listen and have a teacher. Developing the, so I'll go to a rodeo and let's say it's a, uh, let's say it's a four hour slack or something like that and I shoot a thousand pictures. Uh, a lot of those pictures are going to look really similar like let's say Mm. it's calf roping and i'm trying to get the guy throwing but i want his patch and his face and his hand and the rope all to be in focus so i'm going to sit in a place where i think that's going to happen and i'm going to aim in that general direction and on the runs where it goes in the place that i want it to go i'm going to make a lot of pictures really quickly because there's no way to time a hand, you know, coming from behind somebody's mm-hmm. head, riding horseback to throwing in front of their face, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shoot, a, you know, maybe seven frames or something like that as he's throwing. The eye comes in because I'm not, nobody's going to want to see seven versions of the same picture. So I'm now criticizing my own work. I'm saying I have seven pictures that more or less tell the same story. Patch, mm-hmm. face, hand, rope. Um, which one of these is going to, appeal to the most people, which is going to get them to stop from scrolling, which is going to get them to share it with somebody else. And that's where experience and like the feedback loop of having social media. And if you're really honest with yourself, if you can tell yourself this picture is really bad and nobody is ever going to see it. (laughs) And if you can, um, if you can put up a picture that you think is good and have other people, you know, poke holes in it or something, then you can learn from that. Or you can say, no, I still think that's a good picture and everybody else is wrong, but maybe I'll post <laughs> fewer of those or maybe I'll explain it a little bit more to people and work up to something that's a little bit more uh, harder to understand or less literal or something like that. So anyway, all of this is a way of saying that we're talking about aesthetics, we're talking about what looks cool to people and what doesn't. And through experience, I've you know, and, and again, posting on social media, that's how I get to what my eye, you know, and it's, it's not like the same thing all the time. It's constantly evolving. I see things all the time 
just in my daily life or at a different event, I'll see something at a hockey game where I say, oh, that reminds me of something I want to try at a rodeo. Mm. So I'm just always open to looking at different things and figuring out how that can inform my rodeo photography. That's so interesting. It reminds me of anticip- balance, really, and anticipation. You're anticipating what is going to happen. Mm. You're anticipating what people want to see. And you're striking that balance and really anticipating what... Yeah, and also, this is a dynamic process. There's no one point in time where you can stop and say, this is it, right? You still yeah. have to make the next picture. You still have to go to the next rodeo. You still have to... Uh, you know, I could have... Like, this is a perfect example. I was looking through pictures for uh, one of the NFR qualifiers. And I... He's like, I forget what his name is, but he doesn't come out here all that much. And so I maybe had like three or four rides, right? And two of those he got bucked off and two of those he rode. So Mm. my selection of this guy is not really all that big. And I'm going to have to play catch up next season or whenever we get back out there. And so now I know if I see his name on a day sheet somewhere, I know, okay, I have these pictures of this guy and it's going to be a priority for me to do something completely different so that I don't have to keep showing his sponsors the same pictures over and over again. So all of this is moving. It's, it's moving in time. It's never just, um, okay, it all came together here and then you can just coast for the rest of the way. Some people do that, I guess, but, Mm -hmm. um, for me, for me, it's a process and the, you know, there, there's a old, uh, a Nike poster I've been looking for like on eBay or whatever but <laughs> one of Nike's slogans used to be there is no finish line mm. and it was like a Nike running kind of thing and that's kind of I, know, I probably saw that poster when I was two years old <laughs> that was you know a bible verse or something like, like that yes and uh, that you know that's that's where I am right there you know it's never I'm never going to be finished with trying to make the perfect picture. I'm never going to be finished with trying to show something in a different way than anybody has before. And Ooh, uh, yes. it makes me insane for sure, but it does produce good pictures. Oh, oh yeah. yes. That is yes. So, yes. <laughs> so Matt, in your opinion, what should a good photo do? I mean, I know when we're looking at your photos, mm-hmm. we're both like, you know, it tells a story for sure. It showcases the animal and the athlete and the athleticism of the animal. But what should that photo do, in your opinion? It should stop. It should stop you from scrolling. Like that's yes. that's where we yes. are right now. Um, you know, it's it's I. I'm I'm trying to catch people's attention. Right, that's what all of this is about. I mm-hmm. want people to see rodeo the way I see it. I want the clients that I have to be able to present their athletes in the best way and their gear in the best way that they can. And so I'm just always, uh, I'm always trying to get somebody's attention because I've already done the work where I think this is the kind of picture I should be making and this is how I should make it and this is how I should present it. And at that point, it's, um, okay, this is what I think is a good picture. Now, you know, let's see if other people think that. And the the ultimate judge to all that to me is, is somebody going to stop scrolling? And I think that I make pictures that are pretty hard to scroll by. I would agree with I would that. Agree. Totally. Yeah. And I think the same thing, like I'm a musician, so same thing with a song that yes, you're putting it out there for your advertisers, but a listener who is a layman, they've never taken a music class in your life, there's something about a song that even your everyday person can say if it's good or bad. Right. 
Yeah, and they probably won't be able to tell you why. It's right. like a, a vibe or a memory or, mm-hmm. you know, like a vibe, like a tingling that they get. Like this reminds me of when I was 10 years old or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I get it. It's very similar. What image you're making and balancing all of that to, to come up with this one single moment. I think that's the power of that quote-unquote good photo is that it mm-hmm. makes someone stop scrolling yes but why because it captures their attention for a moment it gives them a feeling it brings them in and it makes them want to stop and experience that moment with you as the person behind the lens Mm. so and i i think social media has done something really interesting to that it's changed the way that we consume images so i'm wondering if you could tell us more about that as a photographer how Mm. has social media changed the nature of your work um, so I'll give you a really good example. Um, the 16 by nine or nine by 16, whichever way you want to look at it, mm-hmm. ratio of Instagram stories has really changed the way I think about photography. Um, so I was very late to stories. It, 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 I, I will admit that it made absolutely no sense. I wasn't on Snapchat at all. I never mm-hmm. used it. I'm thinking Instagram is bringing this thing where you put up a picture and then it goes away. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the exact opposite of anything right. that I want to do, right? <laughs> this like is not art. Is to create, <laughs> is, is create like one place where people can go and see everything I've done because I'm proud of everything that I put up there, right? Mm-hmm. And I just didn't get it, you know? And I don't even know how much longer it took, but um, we, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cowboy Journal, but it was a kind mm-hmm. of a media site that we had done for a couple of years and we had... A uh, social media person, her name's Thea Larson, and you guys should talk to her also. Mm. Um, but she she was doing our social media because I was out shooting and I was, you know, busy doing my own social media. And so she was running the Cowboy Journal social media. And the way she was using stories was, uh, I don't know, like I'm really jaded. I don't follow very <laughs> much on social media. You know, like my feed is... Uh, very, very tailored to things that I need to live every day and not, um, you know, I don't need to see people's vacation. I just, you know, like, <laughs> people will text me their vacation pictures. I, I just, I don't use social media that way. So, um, anyway, it's, uh, so it, the way she was using Instagram stories really opened my mind. And then I started thinking, well, I have pictures that are not, they're two by three or they're square or they're eight by 10. So they're not six. I don't shoot. The cameras don't shoot. It's, Right. Phones do, not cameras. Mm. So it got me thinking about going back through all of my old pictures and trying to figure out which ones could work in 16 by 9. And then how could I take that knowledge and go to a rodeo? And even though I'm shooting in 2 by 3 in my camera, how can I make a good 16 by 9 picture originally, like a purpose shot for 60 by 9? Interesting. And that really changed a lot of like spatially how I deal with things and where I shoot from. And it really changed a whole lot about how I shoot, not just, you know, format wise, but like how I think about how things are arranged in the frame. So that's kind of the best example I can give you as far as that goes. Uh, You know, the the rest of it is, I guess, just the feedback loop of knowing, like I know within like 10 minutes how well a picture is going to do or not. And having that kind of knowledge, um, gives me other ideas and I can say, okay, well, people like this picture. Let me try to figure out what they like about it. Mm. You know, is it the white 
Is it just that they like this cowboy? Like sometimes you have to completely throw everything out because it's Stetson right, and people are just going to like him. Uh, right. You know. Right. So I, I'm not getting I'm not getting a whole lot of good data, but it's just a layup, right? You post a picture of Stetson, you're going to get you know five thousand likes on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But right. um, if it's a guy who's less well known, then you can break down and say, okay, he, the way his knee is bent and he's spurring this bull is really classic. It, Everybody who's loved rodeo for their whole life is going to respond to that. Whereas it could be like a fisheye picture where only the bull is in focus. And then I have to figure out, is this something that's worth exploring? Or is this something that people are going to say, that's eh, not really what I think of as rodeo. I'm not interested in it. So I don't use these kind of things to, I'm not shooting for the crowd. I'm trying to use what they know to help me make pictures that are better than the ones that I was making before. So I, I think there's, um, enough of a difference there that it's important. That's amazing. We're <laughs> just sitting right here like, uh-huh. uh-huh. That makes so much sense. Because really, art art is a reflection of life, and you need to show yes. people what they're passionate about, what, mm-hmm. what they're interested in, while at the same time maintaining your own artistic integrity and not compromising that solely for the sake of your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the way I put it is you have to have a common language, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have a common language, it makes communicating really difficult. And, and you can have, like, some words that I may use that other people wouldn't use or some ideas that they have about rodeo that I don't have or something. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't need to show, uh, like, there are people who all they want to see is racks. Like, there are big rodeo uh, Instagrams that are just nothing but racks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's not, like, that's, that's not, like, that's fine or whatever, but that's not what rodeo is to me, mm. you know? That, that would be like saying I would like a... I'm sure there's an Instagram that's all NASCAR crashes or something like that, too, that I wouldn't want to watch that either. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, and, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not, like, I'm not, like, dissing anybody. It's just, they can do that, but I have a pretty pure kind of vision, and there's not, there's not a lot of overlap with, you know, those kind of things, so. So, obviously, for a long time, we've had ads, we've had cardboard cutouts, we've had the stores that have banners, but how has social media specifically impacted both the rodeo industry, but the Western world as a whole? It, I think it's just, it's such a, there's no, I don't think there's any way that you can answer that question in a, in a one size fits all kind of way. I know that's mm-hmm. not what you're asking, but it's, um, there, there's just people that are just all over the place. Like there are just incredible success stories that you can see of people doing cool things and you know I, i'm thinking specifically about like uh wives who do blogs about what it's like on the road and mm. their fashion thing and like how to build your home kind mm. of you know like there are uh lots of ways that people are taking these but then you also have well we're just gonna have a rodeo meme account and <laughs> our brand is just gonna post cell phone videos of team roping from the opposite end of the arena or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, that you're going to get what you pay for uh, when, when that kind of thing happens. You're not building your brand just because you have 17 videos in a row of your guys throwing a rope or something. It's not like that's not how you do social media, but there's other ways <laughs> to use that kind of footage. So I don't know. I, I look at it as what we're, what we're trying to do is look different capture people's attention, um, relate rodeo to things that are in real life, um, to take advantage of things that are familiar. Like there's a reason that Hollywood keeps, you know, making sequels and licensing comic books or whatever. You want to translate what you're selling into 
the language that people are using. And if you're just doing it so literally all the time, it's just boring and people are going to get tired of it. And that's why you end up with some of these accounts that have 50,000 followers and zero views on them because it's like Mm. everybody tuned out because they couldn't watch another cell phone team roping video from a hundred yards away. Like it's, I I don't know what, you know, some of these people are doing, but you know, (laughs) that's not it. Um, Right. But then you have like some events that use it really well and some that don't. And I just think it's like really hit or miss. And I don't think that rodeo is very far along in the curve of getting to good social media at all. You know, people want the razzle dazzle (laughs) (laughs) and and technology is so progressive and it moves so quickly and it can be really hard to keep up with that. Yeah. But it should be a tool Mm -hmm. um, to build up the sport as a whole. And certainly I would agree that it is very far behind what it could be. I think most, most people think that what social media is hiring someone to post. Like, you know, like the the one dimensional thinking of all of this is really what what concerns me so much is that you can find a twenty five year old to to run your social media for you know a little bit more than minimum wage or something like that, and you'll get a bunch of posts out of it. But the, that person doesn't understand your business. It doesn't mm-hmm. understand how social media you know relates to your business and how you should be using it not just to like get likes and views or whatever, but to get sales, to get people in a store somewhere, to get people to say, no, I'm only ever going to buy this brand or something. Like those kind of things are what's important. And if you are spending $40,000 a year to hire somebody to do that, whereas you could find somebody at $60,000 who understood what you were trying to do, I would say that that $20,000 would be much, much better spent than wasting it on uh, you know, just the, the barest replacement level means that you could find. Mm, right, right. So, Matt, are you a one man operation, or do you have a team of people that you work with? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that was the best reaction. It's a, it's a secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I have people that I work with on certain things, but yeah, the definition of a a one man operation for sure. So right here, you're living proof that social media doesn't have to be so complicated. You can run a compelling account with quality content, with high engagement Mm -hmm. as an individual person. Uh, You know, yes. Uh, Yes, I'm living proof that it's physically possible. I don't know if it's a good idea. Uh, Is this a cautionary tale? Let's just just say that there, there is a safe zone that people could be in where everything could be better and people wouldn't be, you know, social media brain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, So going back to photography, looking at the rodeo industry as a whole, what is the role of amateur photographers and people that are just wanting to start getting into something like this? Just generally speaking, do you feel like, you know, the more the merrier? Do you feel like there should be (laughs) some kind of, uh, I don't know, like training or something that they um, figure out what they're doing first? Or do you think it's great when you see just a bunch of people out there trying with a camera um well i you know i've i've taught for over 10 years i've had a podcast and a website Mm -hmm. and i do video critiques or whatever and Mm -hmm. i do in-person workshops now so i'm all for people getting into photography and getting better at it i think that the the sticky part of it comes because people never ever want to hear you don't have to start at the top Mm -hmm. uh you know like they they I, I'm, I'm going to 
Red Bluff Roundup. Well, okay, but you have never shot a rodeo before, and you have no, you know, media distribution, and you're not on social media. So, why? Mm. You know, what, what is your purpose for being there? I didn't get to just start shooting the 49ers, right? That wasn't my first assignment. Um, I had to shoot three seasons of high school football, high school basketball, and high school and college wrestling or something to, you know, before I shot my first NFL game. I think that just drawing a distinction between uh, having it be, having a free-for-all at a rodeo versus there being more people shooting rodeo. I'm all for more people shooting rodeo. It's also, you know, like at Red Bluff last year, there were 12 PRC photographers or something like that, which, wow. you know, I don't need to deal with that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say we were both surprised when we were looking at the list of PRCA photographers at just That's how many there list. were. Yeah, I mean, for a very long time, you there were no qualifications. You just sent in a 25-picture portfolio to show that you knew how to work a camera and a check for your card and insurance, and you got a card. Wow, and they interesting. Changed that, they changed that rule like right after I started trying to get my card. And then they changed it again when it looked like I was going to get it. And so it took me six years of trying to get my PRCA card. Gotcha. I can tell by you guys, you guys laughing that you can understand how silly that is. But, yeah, that's um, Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think there are, there are definitely uh, plenty of jackpots and open barrel racing and whatever that could use good photography. And I think that there should be a lot of people out there shooting at whatever level they can get into to be able to start working their way up. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I shot high school football for three years. And that's not, <laughs> when you want to shoot the NFL, but shooting high school football for three years, that's tough. But you'll learn yeah. how to mm. do it in worse conditions. And by the time you fight through that, you'll be a much better photographer. And then there'll be a reason for you to be at bigger rodeos. Mm. What was it about rodeo that had you transition? You know, you you go to this rodeo in 2007, what was it about it that had you keep coming back? So when you go to shoot a baseball game, you're shooting baseball for three hours. When you shoot a football game, it's football for three hours. When you're shooting rodeo, it's, you know, 20 minutes of team roping and then, you know, 10 minutes of bareback riding or whatever. And just the different variety and the being able to switch ends and move around and, you know, uh, shoot from underneath the fence and things like that that you don't get to really do shooting other things. So... The, the access and the variety and, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's such an American kind of thing and it just makes me want to take pictures of it. I don't know, you know, what, is, you know, what makes me that way or whatever, but just like seeing people with ropes and hats and things like that, that just, it just feels natural to take pictures of that. You know, there is, there is something so captivating mm-hmm. about rodeo. I, it does have that power to, to really pull people in. And then make them stay. Pulls you in and never lets you go. <laughs> well, there's, there's been a ton. There's been a ton of money invested in, in doing that, mm-hmm. right? John Wayne movies and Marlboro yeah. ads, and you know all of those things that we've been conditioned with for our whole lives to, um, you know, to accentuate the independence of the cowboy and things like that. And I just think it's kind of like. Um, you know, not that football players aren't like that. You take a picture of a pro football player, it's going to be instantly recognizable, but not in the same kind of gut level way that a cowboy is. Mm. You know, I had never really thought about that until you said that just now about how prevalent the cowboy is mm-hmm. in 
really mainstream American culture or how quickly people associate the Wild West with the American narrative and how at yeah. the same time... Yeah, I, I mean, they've been, they've been strip mining the idea for decades. Right, and at the same time, rodeo isn't really part <laughs> of that narrative. It doesn't, it doesn't get the same yeah. attention. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay, so we're, we're going to loop back around to this then because when we're talking about people who are just starting out with rodeo photography or just photography of the Western lifestyle in general for these amateur photographers or people who are just starting with the inkling of an idea of getting into this, where do these people start? Because I think as first generation individuals in the rodeo world, in the Western world, we all know how challenging access can mm. be on a number of levels, whether that's access to the athletes, whether it's access to the events, and then inside of that access to things like the arena floor or getting <laughs> by the shoots or getting in these areas where you're position to take a photo after jumping through all these hoops where do these people start so yeah this is a good question because it really does expose part of the western industry that i don't like very much at all Ooh, spilling the tea um <laughs> yeah so i uh i saw my first rodeo in 2007 and i didn't get my card until, two, until 2013 and Whoa. i was still able to shoot like 2011, 12, and 11 and 12, I hadn't got my card yet, but I was able, I was well known enough at that point to mostly be able to just call and say, I'd like to come and cheer our young people say, yes, please come. Um, but again, you know, my first rodeo was in April of 2007 and I didn't shoot more than one or two rodeos a year for four whole years after that. And it wasn't from a lack of trying. Wow. I went on the PRCA's website and I made a map of every rodeo that was within a five-hour drive of, <laughs> you know, of where I was living at the time and sent emails and called and left voicemails and begged and whatever for four years. Mm. And it didn't work. You know, it just didn't work. And I had, at that point, was already an established, I'm not, you know, I wasn't obviously who I am now. Mm -hmm. And have, you know, as many followers, I wasn't nearly as influential, but I was still very good at that point. And I still had, uh, you know, pictures of mine that had run in Sports Illustrated and then run in the Wall Street Journal and all over the world everywhere. And it was still like, why am I having to beg so hard to get into this rodeo to get <laughs> pictures of your rodeo to show them to millions of people? It seems backwards mm -hmm. when I'm going up there and watching these 70-year-old guys sitting on camp stools making the same pictures that they've made for 30 years. <laughs> it just broke my, it broke my brain. Like, I don't really know how else to put it. <laughs> um, my life didn't get better until I met the Rossers and John Brownie, who were open-minded enough to realize that, even though I wasn't one of them, that I could do something for them, and that's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. And... So my advice always is to look around locally. There is going to be a horse arena somewhere. There's going to be a team roping practice. There's going to be a gymkhana. There's going to be a open barrel racing or any of this kind of stuff. And if you, the more you hang around, the more you shoot, the better you'll get. And people will recognize you. 
they will, it, you know, as long as you're improving, they'll think your pictures are great. They will hook you up with their friends, and that's how rodeo works. And I'm not sure that it's wrong to be like this. I guess rodeo people have uh, a right to be cautious about who they let in. Mm. But I think that once you prove yourself, it's still you know, going to be another few years for most people unless you really are in with people. So you just have to be around. You have to be seen. You have to shoot as much as you can. It's probably going to involve, like, trading pictures for the local association's website to, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to come in and shoot or something like that. But who cares? You know, if this is what you want to do, you definitely are going to have better luck starting at the bottom than you are trying to call around to every rodeo (laughs) within five hours. Like, it's, like, you know, what I did at the time. So... Um, probably if I had stopped wasting my time doing that and just found like a, a local team roping place or something, I would have been better off. But, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a mistake and something that I would have liked to have known then. So yeah, just, uh, do the research, find where people are doing rodeo stuff and just be persistent. Just go, just say, I'll share my pictures for your website or whatever. And, you'll probably, uh, if you do that enough times, you'll hook up with the right people. So looking at some of your photos, I have to ask, are you actually under the bull? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, but also I'm shooting under a fence. So (laughs) while it's not safe, it's it's also like, I'm I'm not in any danger of the bull actually running over me. It's just more of like catching a horn or a hoof or something, which has happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, that, they tell you, I, I think that was probably the first thing they told me when I got my card is that there's no way that you're going to come out of this spotless. Like, if you do it for long enough, you're going to get knocked down or worse. And that's definitely been true. So many things are running through my mind. <laughs> but really, this is about the making a compelling image that really does involve a lot of risk. So it makes sense that not everyone could do this because there aren't a lot of people who would be willing, willing to, to army crawl underneath a fence like that, <laughs> lay down in the dirt and potentially and get yeah. kicked. Your nice lens broken. Yeah. So many things. Yeah, I, I think it's like um, the, the whole reason why I shoot rodeo is that things like that are possible. I can't, when I'm shooting an NFL game, there's a, there's a line that's a couple yards off the field, and then there's a line that's another couple yards off the field, and TV cameras get the first line, and still photographers get the second line. And so I'm never more than, or I'm never closer than like five feet, or I'm sorry, five yards. The difference is when I, when I go to a rodeo and I can get that close, it just opens up so many other possibilities of shooting that, it, you know, it's, I like that it happens to be in rodeo, but that's the kind of thing that I would chase no matter where I go, wherever. It's always how how close can I get to this thing? And then, okay, if I need to back up a little bit for safety, then I'll do it that way. But um, just having that access and being able to get up that close is really important. It's like knowing all of the factors in rodeo that we should just let photographers on the football field. Like, could it be more dangerous than get them out there. being out with the bull? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So do you uh, think, well, you though... Have, you have uh, 22 football players. Like well, that's true. Or something. Like, that's like 30 people versus a bull and a rider. Yeah, I don't like the odds. Small that, details. That is Small true. Details. That is true. So, Matt, do you think then that not having that background in rodeo or not being so close to rodeo your whole life and having this idea in your head of how things are done, quote-unquote, has helped you then to develop a unique style or to try something new? 
know, I was shooting differently when I was shooting other things. So it's not like, um, it's like rodeo is special. It's just, it's just I have more opportunities to try different things in rodeo because of how it's set up. Not, it's, it's not about um, the background as much as just the opportunity as it presents itself. Like, I grew up playing soccer and football. I don't shoot soccer and football conventionally either. You know, I just don't mm. do really anything conventionally. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not my background that does it. It's just... I'm just always trying to figure out something different. I, I just, I get bored. You know, I get bored very easily. I'm not the kind of person who wants to come home after a rodeo and look through a thousand pictures that look the same. But there's nothing more deflating <laughs> to me than, than, even if they're good pictures, it's still like, I'm just going to be doing the same thing over and over again here. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is, it's, I just don't like doing that. And there are days where I'll just go, like, I still... <laughs> the guy who runs one of the rodeos that I go to pretty often still gives me a hard time about this because a couple of years ago I showed up to one of the perps with just one camera and a really wide angle lens and didn't go out into the arena and, you know, just kind of shot the announcers and shot the guys who were working and, you know, just had a really good time and made pictures that I never would have made at a rodeo because I just didn't feel like it. You know, I just mm-hmm. didn't feel like shooting straight up that day or whatever. And so being able to do something like that is is what makes it, you know, really worth it to me. And I can just do that more in rodeo than I can do. Like if somebody hires me to go to a football game and I can't, I can't just like go hog wild and we'll do whatever I want. Like they're going to a certain number of pictures that I can go in the newspaper um, in, instead of like uh, close-ups of tape rip off of somebody's hand or something. But at rodeo, I can go around and just do that as much as I want. Amazing. <laughs> You're like, no rules. Flawless. Yeah. <laughs> Flawless country. <laughs> so, our final question for you. I'm just dying to know. If your camera was taken away from you today, right now, would you still be a rodeo fan? I would be a fan of the guys who I know and who I like. I would not be a rodeo fan watching on TV or, you know, checking scores on the website or whatever. Um, to me, I, but, but it's the same, right? I'm not going to Major League Baseball games unless I'm shooting. I'm not, you know, I'll watch, I'm not a Steelers fan, so I'll watch the Steelers game, but I'm not investing a ton of time into watching football. Like, when I, those are things that I associate with shooting. I'm not, I'm not like a fan, mm-hmm. kind of uh, passively sitting back and, and watching or whatever. Plus, Honestly, I don't like the way rodeo looks on TV. I'm just mm. now putting that out there. Mm. That's so interesting. And I think a lot of times when you're in the industry, you sometimes don't see or think about the outside view mm-hmm. and how would it look to be a fan and what... Just an objective observer. Right. What access, what TV channels, what social media platforms, how do you find any of this? There's a lot of a lot of gray area there. Well, you know, it just comes down to expense. You know, like they're... They're trying to, to do it because they're, you know, they're trying to make money and there's, I guess, uh, not the will to spend the extra money to have better lights or mm. uh, more camera angles that, uh, you know, maybe show off the action a little bit better than, oh, we're going to shoot from, we're going to shoot the calf roping from the, you know, from the roof and uh, cut away as soon as the cowboy throws i mean like the whole thing is like we've been doing this for how long like there are innovative ways to do these kind of things 
Yeah. And the same formula that we've been using forever, I, you know, it, it, maybe you don't want to throw the whole thing out, but it could definitely stand some refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally would agree with that. So then where do you see, where do you see all of this going? How do you see the rodeo industry ideally in a perfect world how would they transform to bring in more fans how would they be presenting a different face to the public who would they be becoming i I don't i don't think anybody should become anything anything I, i think that what we should be doing is figuring out what the best of rodeo is and it's not who is the best cowboy and it's not um, what is the best rodeo? It's it's more than that. It's like, what's the coolest thing that ever happened at this rodeo? And let's, you know, do a cartoon recreation of it or something. Mm. You know, they have these sites in Korea. You can, like, send a script or something, and they, you know, they'll voice it for you. And that <laughs> means, you know, do the animation or whatever and just send it back to you. Like, blog, blogs do, you know, these kind of things. Like, they're, it's, not, it, it's not expensive to do you know, like cool graphic things and to, you know, try some gamification on social media and to, like I was saying with the animation to, if you don't have video footage of a certain thing, animate it, you know, like I don't, you guys were talking about a documentary before I was watching a documentary the other night. I can't remember what it was about now, but it was something that was really old and they didn't have, it was from before, it was like prehistoric or something. So they, instead of having video footage of a Macadon or something like that. They look like animated or something. And so that stuff's not expensive anymore. Independent filmmakers can do these things to, to so anyway, my point is that there are like all these things that um that aren't strictly speaking Sage Kimsey went for ninety one points the other night. Right? That's great for Sage. You know, it's great for the bull and the owners of the bull or and the rodeo or whatever. But nobody's gonna remember any of that ever. You know, it's just it's not something that you build a brand on it's the it's the ongoing maintenance that you do to the brand and they're building their whole brand and rodeo all of rodeo is building their whole brand on the maintenance and there's no like underpinnings of all of it there's no there's no substance there it's just all these things that have no connection to each other and i look at it and go what is what do we hope to do here it's certainly Mm. not make anybody think anything about rodeo that they don't already it's certainly not to make people think about this. It's not going to get them excited about it. I don't need to see, uh, you know, a back number countdown for three months. That doesn't get me excited. (laughs) You know, there's just so many things. I'm not excited. We're just, we're just letting fat pitches right down the middle of the plate (laughs) go by and we're striking out and we're striking out and we're sitting there going, man, there's no runs on the board. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to have to swing at some point, right? You definitely have to swing if you want to get on base. (laughs) Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is frustrating to me. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that your input is infinitely important and part of the conversation that should be happening more. Well, as we wrap up here, can you just tell us where to find you online and please plug your podcast and where people can learn from you online? Yeah, um, my podcast is Big Lens Fast Shutter. Um, you can just search that. You'll come to it. Um, we are in a reorganizing thing right now, but there are 10 years worth of podcasts and blog posts about specifically about sports and rodeo photography. If you want to see my pictures on that Matt Cohen photo, um, just M-A-T-T-C-O-H-E-N photo um, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter and wherever else. Um, I'm not too hard to find. 
<laughs> because you have good social media because marketing he's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy or maybe not so busy maybe schedule not. these days yeah. to talk no, with us. Yeah, I'm still just sitting around. <laughs> Well, and for all of you who are also sitting around at home, thanks for tuning in. We are so stoked to be able to bring you season three with me. Is that going to be our thing now? Three with media and marketing. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you all next week.